This is Gail Nelson, President and CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters Miami, the host of The Game of Life. Make me feel this way. Welcome to the Game of Life, where everybody makes the team, but how you play is up to you. Back in the studio, post-gala, incredible metamorphosis gala, but I got in the studio today an incredible board member, my girl, Jennifer Williams, also known as Jay Will. Jennifer, welcome to the Game of Life. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This may be the most exciting thing I've ever done. Well, let me tell you something. We're going to have some fun today. This is just a living room conversation. And no pressure whatsoever, but this is going out to the entire world. <laughs> Great. So that's what it's all about. I know how shy you are, so let's have some fun today. Okay. Metamorphosis Gala, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, the place to be on Saturday, March 7th, 2020. What are your thoughts? You know, I thought metamorphosis is the right word to use for this year's gala in particular because it was so different than the prior galas we've had, all of which have been great, but the location was different, the the vibe in the room was different, it was fresh, it was interesting, people were, you know, genuinely engaged and chatting it up with each other, it was just a really, really nice energy in the room, I thought. Well, it was great having you there, and <clears throat> excuse me, as I think about metamorphosis, that process of transformation, we did something that we have never done before. We had a series of match stories. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, having our logos up front, greeting people and being around the room and all of that. But to have a series like a relay team on a track team mm -hmm. tell their stories, I mean, how that impact you? Because you've certainly seen and heard match stories before. Sure. I mean, I think there's no greater testament to the work that the organization does than a successful match. Absolutely. And so every time myself or anyone in that room hears about the successful partnership that a big and a little have had. I mean, y you're heartless if that doesn't move you. No doubt about it. And there's no I in team, because let me tell you, that's, an, that's what this podcast is all about. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk sports. We're talking business. May mention a little legal. We're going to talk about Jennifer Williams as well. And on Saturday, a special shout-out to Ice Palace Film Studios, WOW Marketing, and the entire Big Brothers Big Sisters team, inclusive of our board. So, Jennifer, let me say this to you. This is a mentoring podcast. This is your first one with us, not your last, by the way. Oh, no. But when I think about mentoring, you just mentioned it. There's no greater testament in terms of the power and the impact of what we do mm -hmm. than a big and a little. But mentoring, has mentoring played a role in your life? And if so, who mentored you? So, I mean, it's interesting you say that because there's personal mentors and there's professional yes. mentors. And we were chatting before, and you said, how did you go to law school? And I said, because my parents made me. Boom. And so they were the first pair of mentors I had, and it was a situation where I was the first female in my family to go to college, and so certainly I was the first female in my family to go to graduate school. And so I wanted, they had paved the path for me to get an education, and I wanted to make them proud of me by putting that process to work by, you know, repaying them by making something of myself. When you think about <clears throat> the expectations, every little girl can be anything she wants to be. Mm. Fact. Mm -hmm. But was there a little pressure with that? I mean, of course, it was expectations. Your parents said, you're going to law school. And guess what? You went to law school. Right. How'd that feel growing up? Um, it felt like they saw me. Yeah that because they expected something of me, I expected something of myself. So was there a lot of pressure? Yes. 
but I'm sure likewise there were different pressures for other women and girls that I grew up with who didn't have someone that expected something of them. My parents expected me to go to college and they expected me to go to law school, so I did. If they had expected me to do nothing with my life, I don't know that I would have felt the same pressure to succeed. So if we, what a message, what a powerful message about what we do in a Big Brothers Big Sisters, because when you think about mm -hmm. expectations, sadly, there's too many little girls and little boys based on the neighborhood, the language they speak, color of their skin, where the expectations are so low that I just want to be alive at 18. What is that? Mm -hmm. And so when you think about this little girl, Jennifer Williams, that's expected, not only did you meet expectations, you went on. It wasn't just going to college. It was on to graduate school. When you walked into various courtrooms, all of that, what was that first experience with someone who did not expect as much from you as a woman, if you will? What what did that feel like? What did what did that look like? Because the message of this podcast is everybody makes the team mm -hmm. in life, mm -hmm. but how you play is up to you. And we'll get to sports in a minute, but what was that like on the quote-unquote field? So there were, frankly, a number of times where I would walk into the courtroom and someone would think I was a position other than I am. Yeah. Never the the first words out of their mouth were never, are you the attorney? Mm. Are you the court reporter? Are you here for, um, as a witness? Are you here, are you the assistant? Are you the judicial assistant? And so as, as, a, as a 25 or 26 or 28 or 30 year old, we no need to get into how old I am That's now. That's exactly right. More experienced than you that now. You look great for 22, homegirl. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, that says something to you. That says I've put in all this work to educate myself and to be on the same playing field with everyone else, and there's someone that still thinks that I'm not who I am supposed to be. Mm, mm, and so mm. that's heavy. It is. And, and I don't, and, and and I don't think it's limited to gender. I think there are in. I, I can only speak. It's the only industry I've ever been in. But it's you know, every other characteristic you can think of. I think that people f fall flat on expectations every day. Oh, there's no question. And I, and it's not about spiking the ball because I'm old school when it comes to sports. Mm -hmm. As a as a sports coach as well, I teach all my athletes. I say when you if you run the play, and you score. You don't need to celebrate. You expected that. Again, I'm not saying celebration's wrong. You can go over the top. I just saw a recent post, and I'm going, again, I knew we would go, uh, quote, unquote, <laughs> we're just going to get into it. A young man caught a touchdown pass on the sideline end zone. He was double covered, and after he caught the touchdown, he proceeded to pull a Sharpie out of his gear. I'll just leave it there. And autograph the back jersey, the jersey on the uh, opposing player. That's a little over the top if you will. so Are you, you asking me to react to whether that's over the top? Well, <laughs> because we I don't think it is. I love see, it. See, I tell you what. So how did it feel when you when you respond to those who said, are you the assistant? Are you the court reporter? Are you anything other than the authority in that room? Did you sign the back of the jersey? Or did you just politely say, no, excuse me, I'm the attorney? So which what level of response did you have? Maybe you had different levels over time, but I'm just curious. I think anyone who knows me knows that my response was well over dramatic every time. Give me one example, if you don't mind. 
I don't know who the court reporter is, but I'm here to argue this hearing. There you go. There you go. And I'm, and it, and I'm and I'm not saying that that is the professional way to have responded. Understood. But that's how I responded at the moment. I would have signed the back of that jersey myself. Let me tell you something, and I tell you what, I've gone through various phases as well because I've been at events, and again, it's not lost on me that uh, as president and CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters, having top level events like the Metamorphosis Gala that we just had, mm -hmm. and for folks to come up to me and act like I'm the waiter. Let me just be clear. Mm. And it's like, and I'm president and CEO. I'm actually paying everybody in this room. I run this place. I run this place. But again, I'm not going to spike the football in the end zone. The bottom line is, well. I'm here. I, you know, I'm here. I make no apologies. And for the, the message to all that are listening to this podcast, there's no I in team. We belong is here with Jennifer Williams, an incredible board member, credible person who is feisty, but just as professional as she is feisty. So the message to all of those that are listening is every little girl, every little boy can be anything they want to be. Mm -hmm. Don't apologize for your success. When you put in the work, expect to succeed. Speaking of success, let me just talk about, let's talk sports for just a minute. Okay. You okay talking sports? I know you're uncomfortable you know talking am. about sports. Uh, <laughs> what's your favorite sports movie and or TV show and why? Got it. So... I'm not a big movie watcher, but my favorite sports TV show is one of my top two TV shows of all time. All time. This is deep. So the sports TV show is Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights. Why? That's how I grew up. Oh. Every... Where'd you grow up for the for the benefit of our uh, audience? Sure. So I grew up in Santa Rosa County in All the right. Pensacola suburbs. All right. Um, I went to the same elementary school, middle school, high school in probably Were all the schools like right next door to one another too. That's like that's yes. like small town USA. So the middle school and high school were adjacent. All right. Um, the elementary school was across the street on the other side of the flea market. Okay. So um, I went. You know, every day with the same kids, K through 12, I knew them, they knew me, it was safe, it was secure, mm -hmm. you know, it was, it was a very nurturing place to have grown up. Yes. And it, and, and there is a character, every character in that show reminds me of someone I grew up with. And so, so the show resonates with me because it's nostalgic for me. Let me ask you this, mm -hmm. when it comes to football. The, the game today, the message of team, the message of individual, when we think about you know transfers and free agency, loyalty, things that in business mean a lot, what's, what's, in, what's the landscape of sport look like to you now? Well, so, and I, you know, you and I have talked yeah. a lot about this, that I'm far more proficient in college sports than I am let's, in, let's deal in with college professionals. Football. All yeah. right. So this transfer portal thing is crazy. Oh, talk to me. You know, it, it, when you're talking about loyalty, when you're talking about succession planning, when you're talking yes. about staying within a community for a significant period of time, mm -hmm. I, you know, I think there's – there's only so much that that one person can can deal with if they think they're the best. And so when you're talking about expectations, we talked earlier about Joe Burrow. So this this guy, you know, grew up in Ohio, waited his turn, did everything right, and then someone else got picked on that third year before him and he thought, I mean, I don't know what he thought in his head, but I'm if it were me, I would have thought, look, I want more for this than myself. 
I want to I want to win a national championship. I want to start. And dang if he didn't enter the transfer portal and go do just that. Good for him. And what's interesting, when he got that Heisman Trophy and he mm-hmm. stood on that stage, what did I, I listened to his thank you speech. Me too. And he took it back home. Yep. Being from Ohio was pretty special yep. as well. And he just talked about his story and how folks that mentored him helped him grow up. But now, here I am. And the food bank and the local yes, community that yes. he grew up in and still gives back to to this day and should give back to to this day. It was really, really heartwarming. When you think about mentoring, mm-hmm. and we're going to come back to sports, we're going to work sports into everything we talk about today. When I see, think about Jennifer Williams, the daughter who went to college, is now in a male-dominated industry, if you will. And I think about you, what you when you first mentioned the name Charlie to me, which is a pretty special name to you, I'm thinking you had a little boy. No. You say, you know, Charlie, Charlie. I'm like, okay, Charlie, what's, what's going on? Uh, but that was intentional. It was. So her father and I... Well, he picked her given name, which is Charlotte. So her full yes. name is Charlotte June Williams. That's beautiful. Thank you. Um, and so... Your beautiful daughter for the sake of the audience, in case you... She is, goodness gracious, That's something else. She is, and she just turned six and lost a tooth in the same <laughs> week. So we have had a big week in our house. Um, but when her father came up with the name Charlotte, I said, That's fine, but I'd really like to call her Charlie precisely for the reason you just articulated. I've always liked unisex names for girls. I've always felt that there's less expectation when the person coming in the room, you just know them by their name and you don't know yet who's coming in and you get to know them for who they are. I still get letters. Uh, I'm a little older than six for the (laughs) sake of the audience. Miss Nelson. I was accepted to a women's college uh, when I was 18, great senior go? year. I did not, <laughs> uh, Jennifer. Uh, and so I didn't realize, I mean, the uniqueness of Gail. Now, talking, I'll talk about, and you, you know this, but for the benefit of the audience, I'll talk about why I was named Gail. But it was such a challenge for me growing up, but I clearly understand. And now I just, I embrace, I own it. Gail Sayers Nelson. I mean, when I was born in Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, you know, Bryan Memorial Hospital. My deal. mom named me Curtis Anthony. My dad got there and said, no, <laughs> this, that's a Heisman Trophy winner. That is a future Super Bowl champion. Now, I haven't held any Heismans or Super Bowl trophy. Well, I did hold a Super Bowl trophy, but it wasn't mine. Mm-hmm. And But he named me after Gail Sayers. So my firstborn child is named, as you well know, I saw him Gail this weekend. Sayers Nelson II, G2 as we call him, not Gatorade. But here's the thing owning it expectations uh and when you think about a name and why you mentor and how you got involved in big brothers big sisters because one of the things you talked to me about and i love it why did you get involved with big brothers we're going to take it back to charlie in a minute why'd you get involved so originally i think as we pieced together the timeline i got involved maybe a year or two before she was born yes not having any children yet, I was looking to do something to give back. Um, you know, I, I, I had, frankly, more time on my hands than I have now, <laughs> and I wanted to do something to, to give back to, this is the only community I've ever lived and worked in as an adult, and I wanted to, to be a part of it. I wanted to be integrated more. And when you think about those who mentored you, mm-hmm. 
you think about your the legacy of your legacy as you teach Charlie, those mentors that you've had you know, throughout the years, primarily women? All women. All women? Except for my daddy. I okay, mean, of course. I my mean, dad, and yes. then my mother, and then since then, women. <clears throat> and what is it that you want to, we think about this, uh, Charlie, and I think about uh, Gail, that you saw him at the gala, and he's on my hip the whole time. Mm. And I love every second of it, mm-hmm. because I'm teaching, I'm learning, I'm, I'm modeling that example for him. What it, so in the context of Big Brothers Big Sisters and mentoring, what's the message you want to send to Charlie every single day? Well, I, the message I would send to Charlie every single day is to be thankful for the world you live in, yes. for its bad, its good, its ugly, its beautiful, its strengths, its weaknesses. But understand that you, Charlotte June Williams, <laughs> have the same responsibility <clears throat> as the rest of us to contribute whatever it is that you can. That's powerful. Because at the end of the day, organizations like Big Brothers Big Sisters, we live, we survive based on the generosity, based on the Jennifer Williams of the world saying, I have a responsibility, I have an obligation to give back. Mm -hmm. I have a little bit of time. Some folks may have that time or they may not have the time, but they have, you know, let me invest, let me support because there's that little Charlotte out there. There's that little Gail out there, the little Jennifer out there that needs someone to invest the time and say, you know what, you're better than what people are saying about you. Maybe what you even think of about yourself. So the message to all listening is, if you have the time, if you don't have the time, then you can spare a dime and support that next little boy or little girl that will be that judge, that attorney, uh, that CEO, that president. Because that's what the message is really about. That's team. Mm-hmm. And I will have her bring her piggy bank up here tomorrow. <laughs> well, just give her some time. She's six, but I need it. <laughs> when she's eight, we can talk. Okay, perfect. <laughs> she just got $5 from the Tooth Fairy, that's so she's I'm rolling in she's it now. She's rolling right now. Mm-hmm. She's rolling. We're going to let that... Uh, Build, build up a little bit until she's eight. But it, listen to me. Succession planning in sports. Mm-hmm. We talked about the, the portal, the transfer portal in college, college sports. In sports and in business and in life, mm-hmm. there's always a next chapter. Succession planning is real. You, again, Brooklyn Nets, just uh, their coach. I mean, again, it's reported. And, you know, two top players, Kyrie and KD, just said, you know what? We're not, we're not feeling vibing with this coach, whatever the truth is. We'll see. But the bottom line is succession planning, the next coach, the next player. Life goes on. In business, how important is succession planning and some of the challenges associated with it, as we can learn from sport? Sure. I, I think they're the same challenges. I mean, I think that's why sports is such a great barometer of mm. life. Yes, is because, you know, in sports you have a playbook. In every industry, every organization from leadership down has a playbook. But if something happens that you aren't anticipating, someone gets an injury, someone has to be out on a leave of absence for an extended period of time, someone decides they're leaving unceremoniously, whatever it is, good or bad, that happens in your in the life of your organization, you got to be able to pivot from the playbook. And when you think about the playbook, uh, sometimes uh, when you think you mentioned Joe Burrow, Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, someone else was picked, but I feel it's my time. My time. I think he was right. Uh, There was this quarterback uh, with the Patriots, I think last name Brady, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, uh, hey, given a shot, I think he's done pretty well, to say the least. I think about just in any position, we're dealing with all quarterbacks, but just on any team, 
in any sport, in any business, planning ahead, knowing what that next move will be. It's just so important. Well, next man up. I mean, look. Next man up. We, we, you know I'm or a gator. Or next woman up. Or next woman up. There you go. But you know I'm a gator, and that's they had their quarterback at hurt last season, and the next guy up just went in the next play and played the rest of the season. I mean, there that's you got to be ready when it's your turn. So it's a state of – one of the things I say all the time, and I think it speaks to business, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Mm-hmm. That's a message to all the teams I'll be coaching next year. Oh, stay gosh. ready because you don't have to get ready. Mm-mm. And your name is called. It's not about, well, what do I do now? You're already prepared. Right. So succession planning as it relates to sport, as it relates to business, is about a state of readiness. Mm-hmm. I've read a lot of case studies lately as it relates to succession planning over the years, and businesses are challenged with that. Why are businesses so challenged with the next chapter? Is it change for the sake of change, or why is it such a challenge, do you think? I think that change is hard I mean you're not talking about asking you and I to change as as two people right you're asking you know it's harder to write a ship or to turn a ship in any direction and so I think in an organizational standpoint it's got to be incumbent upon you know and I know we keep going back to a sports analogy but it's got to be incumbent on the veteran to teach the younger folks to teach the people behind them as as my mentors have taught me you know, this is how you run a case. This is how you run a play. This is how you, you know, conduct yourself in the courtroom. This is how you conduct yourself on the field. Yes. It is likewise incumbent upon the younger generation to listen and to learn. And I've always said I learned more about being a lawyer from sitting in the offices of my partners and listening to them conduct their business than I learned in law school. And so it's incumbent on the younger generation, the rookies, to be watching, to be listening every day, to be taking it all in, to be learning so that they are ready so it's not as big of a pivot. I love that. Jennifer, you gave me an example before we close the show. And if you're listening, 305-644-0066. There's no I in team, and these kids need you to be on the team, mentoring, supporting, setting that example, getting advice. Every time I've listened to a big, Jennifer, and you've heard this, mm-hmm. you heard it on Saturday at the gala where these bigs say, I have learned more from this kid than I ever expect. I'm getting more out of this. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't given the time, spent the time, supported, invested in mentoring, my goodness, the time is now to sign up. But let me say this to you. One of the things you mentioned off off air to me that I thought was a great example of you went in uh, into a meeting or you had some dialogue with someone and they didn't know who you really were. And you got what you expected, if you will, yeah. until you were coached up. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Sure, sure. I was a first-year associate, and so the the first mentor that I had, I was working with her on a case, and she had tasked me with calling the opposing attorney and getting an agreement on something. Standard. And so I go in, I call the guy, I come back in my partner's office, and I said, uh, yeah, listen, it's going to be a no from Mr. Garcia as to what we want. And my partner says, did you call him Mr. Garcia? And I said, you know, as a 25-year-old young person who grew up in the South who would never dream of calling someone in their 40s or 50s or however old this guy was by his first name, I said, well, yeah, I called him Mr. Garcia. She goes, that's why you got to know. 
He thinks you're not the opposing counsel. Go back in there, use his first name, ask the question again, and get his agreement. And what did you do? I did that. And what did you get? The agreement. So when you so coaching, <laughs> coaching. Yes. When and you know, I've heard of player coaches. I'm curious as to your thoughts on this mm-hmm. uh, as well. Old that's old school coaching in my book. Yeah. It's like okay, I'm not. I'm, I don't care how you feel. This is what you need to do. You have the ability. You have the talent. I'm not going to cater to your ego. Get it done. You go in there and you own it, and you did, and I you did. got the you got the expected results. Yes. So if you're in front of a team, uh, if you will, Jennifer, or let me just ask it a different way. As you think about all the coaches in esports, sport, let's deal with college sports. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite coach and why? Oh, who's my favorite coach and why? And it's not limited to your favorite team, mind If you. I say anyone other than Steve Spurrier, <laughs> I will not be able to go home again. Why? For the, the exact reason you just said. He doesn't care about ego other than his own. He doesn't care <laughs> about hurting anybody's feelings. He's going to tell you how he feels and why it should be the way he thinks it should be. And as a fan, what was that Steve Spur experience? Maybe it was a video. Maybe it was an interview. Just think back where you just said, that's my ball coach. Well, I mean, I have loved him ever since he got there. But I will tell you recently in the last football season, I was listening to Paul Feinbaum. And he was on Feinbaum yes. one afternoon when I was on my way home from from work. And just the stories they tell and the, and the, and the frankness with which they spoke to each other. Not in a disrespectful way. Right. Always respectful, but frank. And they disagreed on some stuff, and they disagreed on the value of some players. And But it was always, you know, sort of a no-nonsense, this-is-how-I-feel discussion. Now, from the flip side, yeah, I love it when he threw the visor. <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. When he was yelling at people and making fun of other schools, I love that. I mean, look, there's a reason we're SEC people. I tell you we what. We love it. Let me tell you something. Well, we love you at Big Brothers Big Sisters, Jennifer. Your investment of your thought leadership, your energy that's permeating this entire studio today and the airwaves, uh, your mentoring that you constantly provide to us. Uh, and, again, the there's no I in team. We're together on this thing. And for all those that are listening today, get involved. Do something. We're back in the studio post-gala. Couldn't start it with any better person than Jennifer Williams in making it happen. We dealt with sports. We dealt with business. But such is life. Because here on The Game of Life, everybody makes the team. But how you play is up to you. Jay Will, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for having me. This was great. I will be back. No doubt about it. No doubt. Get involved. 305-644-0066-305-644-0066. Rush to the phone, rush to the internet, because here we go. Hey, this is Gail Nelson, president and CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters Miami, the host of The Game of Life, where everybody makes the team, but how you play is up to you.